This is The Saucer Life, a podcast in which we examine concepts, events, or people orbiting the world of flying saucers. Few preconceptions, snark when justified, no belief, no debunking, no saucers. This is The Saucer Life Sasquatch Staff Outing. And what we're doing today is akin to the trip that Simpson and I took down to Kelly Hopkinsville area in Kentucky last summer, or the um, recording from the summer library talk tour that I did two years ago. It's um, a field trip. It's something a little different. It's a summer vacation kind of episode. Not as extensive, not as wide ranging, but I think still a nice change of pace in some ways. So on July 17th of this year, which is 2021, when I'm recording this, uh, there was the first, and I think it's going to be an annual thing, the first Michigan Bigfoot conference in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I decided that um, I needed to go there and check out the Bigfoot scene for myself. Now, I know almost nothing about Bigfoot. I know, actually, most of what I know about Bigfoot is in conjunction with sort of Bigfoot-related UFO sightings. So I decided that what I needed to take with me was somebody who knows more about Bigfoot than I do. And uh, luckily, here on the Chizo staff, we have uh, Samantha, who is used to be known as Sasha. She's switched back to her real name, um, mostly because I'm, I'm pretty sure that I could not have kept up using a fake name with somebody um, recording throughout the day at various times. That would have been difficult for me. I can barely remember people's real names, much less their their pseudonyms. So Samantha and I went to the uh, the Bigfoot Conference, the Michigan Bigfoot Conference. Now, I did inquire as to whether the saucer wife wanted to come along, but that ended up not being possible, as you'll hear in this exchange. Hello, saucer universe. Okay, we're here with uh, with me and with the saucer wife here in Studio C. I don't know. Every room in the, the saucer complex is assigned a letter of the alphabet as a studio we're here in studio we're here yeah uh, okay let's start this clip over okay we're here in studio c with the saucer wife and the saucer wife is not coming on the um the saucerific staff outing to the michigan bigfoot conference saucer wife why is that there's no bobo explain that Bobo will not be at the Bigfoot conference, therefore, no saucer wife. Who is Bobo? He's that guy on the show. Which show? Finding Bigfoot. Okay, so if you're not up on the personnel of the Michigan Bigfoot conference, they have Cliff uh, Barrickman. I think that's his name. He's one of the guests that I'm going to be excited to see today. And he was on the show Finding Bigfoot. He was not the most entertaining person on Finding Bigfoot, that was Bobo, not his real name. That was a nickname. He was a professional expert. What does he do, Cindy? Oh. What does he do, Saucer Wife? He he does what he calls our Bigfoot calls. Would you like to demonstrate a Bigfoot call? I would love to. Okay, go ahead. (gasps) It's something like that. I'm going to have to adjust the levels on that in post-production, but yes, um, that is a Bigfoot call. He stands in the woods and does this, and he's not going to be at the conference. So the saucer wife is not excited to well, uh, that, be there. Well, that and um, the podcast didn't provide childcare, so someone has to be in charge of the saucer spawn. Uh, that's that's true, too. So there will be another member of the saucer crew, the saucer crew, the part of the Chizo Media family, going uh, to the Michigan Bigfoot Conference with me. And that will be exciting. And next week on The Saucer Afterlife, we're going to have The Saucer Wife's thoughts on an episode of Finding Bigfoot that not only had Bobo, but it had Bobo teaming up with some people from Hellier, although Hellier wasn't a thing yet, uh, to talk about paranormal Bigfoot and the UFO Bigfoot connections and things like that. So we'll be uh, getting saucery with the Bigfoot 
on the Saucer Afterlife uh, next week. That's um, so that's the end of this sort of introductory segment that sets later things up. Exciting. Exciting. So the next day, which was the 17th, Samantha and I set out for the Michigan Bigfoot Conference. And while there, we attended a number of sessions, not all of them, as you'll hear, because they went on late into the evening and I can't handle a Bigfoot conference for that long. I can't handle anything for that long. I'm my attention span is is really frighteningly short. But we went to the Bigfoot conference and after seeing some sessions, had a discussion about what we saw and about Bigfoot things in general. <laughs> Okay, so Samantha and I are here at the Michigan Bigfoot Conference, I think the first Michigan Bigfoot Conference, mm-hmm. from what they said. Samantha, I, okay, so I have almost no Bigfoot <laughs> knowledge whatsoever. Um, you're telling me like who these people are and what shows they've been on and, and what mm-hmm. they're known for, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, so what is, what is your personal Bigfoot history? Um, unfortunately, I've never seen a Bigfoot. I know Um, but I have just always liked spooky creepy mysterious type things and um, watched Harry and the Hendersons all of the time as a child (laughs) and so (laughs) I have just always been I don't know always holding out hope and um, watched you know Destination Truth and um, Monster Quest and, and all of those kinds of shows so I know recognize some names i guess okay so your perception of bigfoot from what you know about bigfoot yes do you put yourself in the flesh and blood hypothesis (laughs) camp or are you um are you a supernatural bigfoot person um i have always been i mean for for years and years and years um the flesh and blood if if there is one it is it is a thing it is a biological zoological cryptozoological thing right um but i don't know there seems to be room for for some other things out there um you know i'm just holding out hope that there is something um unexplainable okay yeah that makes sense i i i I like the sort of bigfoot ufo crossover yeah. things as uh, yeah which 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 makes sense this is still a saucer <laughs> podcast um so but yeah i, I like the, uh, the those things so we've been here we've we've heard three speakers yes three speakers so far yeah. here at the two in the woo room which <laughs> is what they're calling i don't know what you call it the b team yeah kind of yeah it, 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 it's gonna, not not the most the most famous ones right there, there's, there's there's not you know a, a huge number of of um you know, big names in those. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of people around where we've found a place to record where we don't see a lot of like the speakers walking no, around, no. which is <laughs> probably good. So the, the first person we saw yeah. today was um, the she squat. The she squat. So it's a group. I, I almost forgot the she squat. <laughs> They're the ones you've been looking forward to. <laughs> it's like the, the, my my favorite. So there are an all female team of Bigfoot hunters out of uh it sounds like the north woods of minnesota yeah somewhere and north dakota north, north dakota yeah yeah, yeah. I, th- I think like yeah north fargo i think yeah some live in fargo i think they all live in fargo mm-hmm. at this or i don't know fargo's involved somehow yeah. so samantha what is different about the she squatchers from what they because they, they, they're sort of going at it from a, a flesh and blood perspective mm-hmm. But they were in the woo room. Why were they in the woo room? Well, I think, I mean, it was, I don't know that they ever said it was truly flesh and blood though, right? Because they were doing yeah. the remote viewing things and the one woman um, had was had Native American heritage. And so she was talking about sort of the, well, but no, I guess he was one of their, he being Bigfoot, <laughs> was one of their their. Sp- Spirit representatives or whatever because he was a real animal I mean that wasn't really explained right. so, so I wanted more history from them like I want to know like what is the Native American connection they're like ah yes the Ojibwe speak of the Bigfoot wait what, what? really yeah that, <laughs> this is yeah, the first time I've heard this that, I would like to know why that's what oh, got me and too. for how long and, and yeah you're right they, they didn't say he 
was flesh and blood. They didn't say he wasn't. No. I, I think they just sort of accepted that Bigfoot was a thing. And they're, they're using psychic intuitiveness and a form of remote viewing that is basically unlike any form of remote viewing <laughs> I'm familiar with. She called it geographic remote viewing, mm-hmm. where she looks at a map or a satellite image and senses things that are in various places, which back when I was in the Scouts, we called reading a map. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's, that's a little snarky. But, um, but yeah, the... the, the Native, she talked about the the Ojibwe had the their seven principles and yeah. a, a very can I say goofy sort of graphic yeah so it's like honesty compassion humility you know just very sort of generic principles and each of these is is represent she said these are like the the Ten Commandments are for Christians and um and I would probably say Jewish people as well, probably somewhere along the line, right? Um, but uh, they were each each of these principles was represented by an animal, and honesty is represented like like Samantha said by the Bigfoot, mm-hmm. because the Bigfoot lives the most honest life. Yes, Samantha, <laughs> what, what does that mean that the Bigfoot lives the most honest I, life? I really don't know. I don't know how a Bigfoot's life is any more honest than a turtles or a, a, a buffaloes or or whatever I, I don't know unless it's because somehow he's slightly more humanoid and therefore his off the land living I have no idea I was just trying to piece together piece like, together what, yeah. like wait, wait with the Bigfoot and yeah. it's like wolf turtle Bigfoot yeah um, yeah 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 and, and they said there's another animal the that, raven the raven also represents honesty but yeah. also the Bigfoot so what, what they, they, they sub in Bigfoot sometimes <laughs> it, it's I need to we need to figure this out yes. because I I've done no research and, and this is sometimes one of those things that, that readers you know hit me on Twitter and say, no, mm. this is actually true mm-hmm. or email me or, or something. And I, I but I, I, I have trouble believing that if I were to go to the Ojibwe cultural center in Lansing, Lansing here in Michigan and, and talk to, you know, people who represent the tribe and say, okay, so you've got these, these spiritual principles. Um, tell me, tell me about the honesty and the, Bigfoot. <laughs> I have a feeling I would get thrown out. Yeah, I mean, like it, it just has never. I've lived in Michigan my entire life and never, never heard anything about that. No, and and the Ojibwe it's, it's in yes, Michigan yeah, tribe said, yes. as, as well, and you know, it, it's it's but but it was also described as a Native American belief system. Yes. I, I, I think which is. One of those things that raises my history hackles of, yeah. of the Native American. Yeah. Like, well, let's yeah. let's parse that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the she squatches, they were they were fun. They were they were entertaining, good presenters. Good, they, they told stories. I mean, it was just you know stories of their formation and um, some expeditions and things that they had found. Um, but I just like I said, I wanted more of that. Being a historian, I wanted more of the history to right. understand why they, why why Bigfoot was part of their native culture, the right. Ojibwe culture. And I, I think it should, to be fair to the speakers, nobody can expect them to accommodate the fact that there are two historians yes. sitting in the audience who are, you know, probably who are interested but sort of critically interested mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, so then we saw, and there's there's no snark involved with the next speaker. No. Um, Andrew Allen Davis. And Andrew Davies. Andrew da- it's Davis. Davis it yeah, is. he pronounced it, it Davis. Sp- it was spelled Davies. Yeah, in well, case you want to look him up. He's he's he's, he's British. <laughs> yeah. But his was really interesting. Yes. Because he's done some actual exploration all over the world. Has identified things that scientists have used to sort of identify creatures that they weren't sure existed mm-hmm. for real. So, mm-hmm. and he very straightforward you know, sort of mindset of amateur field investigators job is to find things and then give them to scientists Mm -hmm. and scientists determine what those things are, Mm -hmm. not to come back from your, your trip to the woods and declare that you have found, you know, Ogopogo or Mm -hmm. something. Well, that's not the woods. That's a lake, I think, but, or champ or the, um, the giant turtle of Cherubusco, Indiana. (laughs) It's Indiana's only cryptid. I'm pretty sure. It's just a big turtle from the forties. It's pretty sad. Um, 
but uh, it, it's it was it was good. It was just yeah. a, a good. He was entertaining. He yes. was engaging. He got the audience involved. It was um, probably probably the best presentation we're going to see today. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, Cliff Cliff could be really good. Cliff, I'm excited to see Cliff. Cliff from Finding Bigfoot is yeah. the, the the most credible member of the Finding Bigfoot team. <laughs> um, although he is not open to the uh, to the Bigfoot rides a flying saucer yeah. thing, um, as you'll hear when we talk about on the Saucer Afterlife. When the saucer wife and I talk about the um, the episode of Finding Bigfoot that brought in the paranormal people to talk about all <laughs> that paranormal UFO stuff, mm-hmm. so that was good. Um, but yeah, Andrew Davies is or Davis uh, rather is. I mean, there's there's nothing to snark on. It was no. just a good, solid, interesting, fun-filled talk with great stories from his bizarre travels around the world, fighting mm-hmm. his way out of the Congo in a knife fight, you know, during the, during a civil war, just great stuff. And then, Oh, can I say one yeah. thing? So I appreciated in his presentation and you already hinted at it, you know, with providing evidence for the scientists, but he really seemed to like respect the credentials of people who are learned in certain fields and who have the knowledge, which I think the valuation of people who invest decades into their education is very important and so i appreciated that he had that attitude as opposed to like well i've just been there and i saw things or something like that so and he made the point that you know he's he's been doing this for decades and 99.9 percent of the trips he takes he finds absolutely nothing of interest Mm -hmm. um or that would be of interest to people hunting you know unknown species Mm -hmm. or unidentified species or something like that which is you know Contrary to what you see when you watch these TV shows or, or even even UFO flying saucer shows. So the third <laughs> presentation that we've seen so far, I, Sam, I'm kind of, I don't want to say the speaker's name. No, I, no, I don't no. think we should no. say the speaker's name because no. th- this was the most, um, it was not great. It was not great. I feel like it's what, when I told people who are not paranormal friends of mine that I was going to a Bigfoot conference, and they were like, oh, what? (laughs) I feel like this is what they imagined all the presentations (laughs) would be like. (laughs) Yeah, it was, was, the most bizarre thing to me was she gave the audience a selection of topics (laughs) from which she could present, and, um, you know, lake monsters and the paranormal history of the great lakes and some ghost stories and were there actual cryptid well, there was like, bigfoot there was she, big, bigfoot. she offered bigfoot's like, cloaking abilities big, bigfoot's natural cloaking abilities yeah. which i sounded boring sounded boring because she, she's <laughs> like 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 the natural cloaking abilities that animals have it's like, yeah do you mean stripes right. or, camouflage or, or, or do you mean like the ability to turn invisible right right that sounds interesting stripes right. do not and and then the, the last one she offered was lizard men mm-hmm. and i actually said i think sam i said this a little too loud i said boxcar willie is a lizard person <laughs> um which is a it's a some people i think i've said that on several episodes it's 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 yeah um then i said the whole country music industry is infected with lizard people or something like that so the um the, the crowd sort of um voted to go with the lizard people mm-hmm. it was tight it was, a, it was a close it was a close thing but but the lizard people won samantha what happened she finally found all of her presentations on her flash drive, which seemed difficult at first. And then there was no Lizard Man presentation. Yeah, she didn't actually have the slides for Lizard lizard People after, you know, sort of ginning up the crowd to... Yeah. To oh, because she did Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Moe, too. Remember that? Right. She had to settle... She had she to settle did Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Moe. It was... So this ate up, what, five minutes? At least. And then three minutes for her to look through yeah. her files. Yeah. Um, which, you know given her actual presentation might have been a blessing um, that we ate that eight minutes up uh-huh. right away but um, it, we ended up with like was it it was sort of paranormal history of the Great Lakes because it was a real grab bag but like normal paranormal if that's, yeah, if that's a thing it, like these were the types of dinosaurs that used to live in the Great Lakes yes. so could there be one today no um, then she talked about pirates for some reason pirates did you know there were Great Lake there were pirates in the Great Lakes yeah. and I think I said again I think I said a little well, obviously too, a little too loud it's like <laughs> Well, I assume so. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it's what it was. Large bodies of water, <laughs> um, but and and I keep 
I kept forgetting that the room we were in was not that big no, and there were not many people no. and I probably should have like pitched my voice a bit <laughs> a bit it was, lower. It was hard though. It was. It's it, difficult. It was because it was like you, you said normal paranormal. It was sort of like like interesting history of the Great yeah. Lakes or interesting historical facts about the Great Lakes that sort of intersected with paranormal topics from time to time. Like talked about a couple of UFO encounters. One really good one on Presque Isle, which she mispronounced as... <laughs> Pre- did she say Presque Isle? Presque Isle. Yeah. Yeah, which um, uh, I, that's what I thought it was till Samantha told me differently. <laughs> um, I'm not from around here, Although, folks. Although, since she was talking about the Presque Isle Isle in Pennsylvania, was it? Yes. It's then maybe they theory. do pronounce it that way there. But the Presque Isle I am used to is near Alpena, Michigan, and it's pronounced Presque Isle. Yeah, because it's French. Yeah, as it should be. You're right. Uh, so there was a, that really interesting story about a craft, the UFO that lands, a family sees it, it's on the beach of this state park, and then like a hominid-looking creature gets out and leaves eight-foot-deep diamond-shaped mm-hmm. footprints. And this sounds real. the diamond-shaped footprints sound really familiar to me, and I think this was 1966. So yeah. I think this story might be in Jim and Coral Lorenzen's um, book about creature encounters from Mm. ufos um so that sounds really familiar to me she talked about the kinross um the kinross air force base ufo sighting and you know plane goes down in um in lake superior from the 1960s she um not only mispronounced the um lieutenant monkla's name uh she uh she she cited the um the the model of the fighter jet they were in wrong (laughs) <laughs> or wrongly, rather. And um, what was it about her slides that we noticed? There were so many typos. <laughs> it was bad, folks. I mean, I'm, I was going to say I'm not, you know, overly sensitive. I am deeply sensitive to that sort of thing. Uh, so I noticed it. But it was, it was stuff that, that should have been, been caught. I mean, like bad things and like random things that should have been capitalized weren't and lack of proper punctuation and then just misspellings but I mean all over multiples on each slide like I've made mistakes on slides and you get someplace and you're like oh that's a little typo but it's like one in a presentation yeah this was this was multiple on every one of her slides that had paragraphs Yes. of text and um this is again this is this is picky but this is if, if you've never been to a relatively small paranormal convention I'm trying to give you a taste of of the range of things you'll see mm-hmm. really amazing world-class speakers mm-hmm. and slides that aren't powerpoint files they're pdfs yeah and she's scrolling through them just to find slides she wants to talk about yeah. because she didn't know which presentation she was going to give yeah um so that was that was. Oh, and how did she pronounce a certain state's name? Illinois. Yeah. With the S. Yeah. Illinois. Nope. Wrong. Mm, very. Wrong arena. <laughs> not great. Um, it, it was. It, it it was not good. Oh, and then she she talked about just shipwrecks. Yeah. And she mentioned like the Devil's Triangle areas where things go wrong with with navigational equipment, but then she didn't really tie any of that stuff into the actual wrecks she talked about which you would talk about the, the fact that you know oh we, we know this plane went down due to, due to an electrical storm but it yeah. went down to an electrical storm in the lake michigan triangle yeah. so dun 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 <laughs> you know it, it, it's again something you know. i'd enjoy learning about if i were taking a history of the great lakes course or reading a book about this or going to some kind of museum and seeing a speaker not this speaker but another speaker talk about it like interesting stuff but not what i was expecting at a paranormal type conference yeah normal odd history is too normal i feel it really is it's um and a disturbing lack of bigfoot yeah i mean i actually on the one hand i was sort of like oh good it's not just gonna be bigfoot stuff but about 20 minutes in i was like god i wish there was some bigfoot stuff here because this is just calico jack was a pirate it's like that's dynamite but you know yeah and she she, she wrongly defined what privateers were regards to pirates which 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 bugged me but it's it's the lunch break now so i I think we're going to 
I, I need to buy the saucer wife a t-shirt um, <laughs> of some kind. I want to get uh, my picture taken with Cliff and that Davies guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want Davis. Dave, sorry, Davis. Sorry. Don't don't, don't do no that. hate mail. Don't, don't do that in front of him. He'll, <laughs> right. he'll, I don't know. He'll, he'll sell you out to the Irish or something. Ah. So um, I don't know what British people do when they're angry. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So that's our impressions so far. We'll be back in a week with The Saucer Afterlife, looking at listener questions and talking about the paranormal Bigfoot episode of Finding Bigfoot with The Saucer Wife. Then in the next regular episode, we're going to be looking at The Nine. It's a fascinating story that I'm not sure I can do justice, but I will try. And in reference to our Matrix slash John Grace slash Val Valerian episodes, uh, this email came in uh, too late for us to put in the Saucer Afterlife episode about it, but I wanted to mention some things that a listener passed along to us that are connected to that. The first is that the, um, if you remember from the episode, there's a mind control thing called RHIC-EDOM. The listener reports that this goes all the way back to a book called Were We Controlled by Lincoln Lawrence, whose real name was Art Ford. We mentioned this book a bit in um, some episode, I think one of our mind control-based episodes. The interview that we heard a part of, or an excerpt from, a reenactment of, was originally published in Walter Bowert's book, Operation Mind Control, which I also have. I, I do own Were We Controlled and Operation Mind Control, but I it's been a long time since I read them, and I didn't put together the stuff that appeared in the books with the stuff that was in The Matrix. So we know, if nothing else, that Val Valerian did not make up stuff, uh, this stuff, RHIC-EDOM and the interview with the CIA officer. We didn't. We know he didn't make that up, but we do know that he didn't really cite his sources for those things either, which is not terribly surprising, is it? You can check out past episodes of the show and support the show at saucerlife.com. You can also support us through the link in the show notes. Thank you very much to all of those who've donated in the past to the show. It's very much appreciated and has made possible things like going to the Michigan Bigfoot Conference. We don't do a Patreon and we'll never do ads. So your donations play a vital role in making the show possible and we really appreciate them. As always, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Saucer Life and you can email us at thesaucerlife, all one word, at gmail.com or contact us by post at Chizo Media, P.O. Box 68, Grand Blank, Michigan, 48480. And The Saucer Life is, of course, available anywhere you can find podcasts. As far as lunch facilities at the conference, always an important consideration. They did have a couple of food trucks that were there. One was a pizza food truck, and the other was a barbecue food truck. And uh, as we tried to get some lunch, the pizza food truck decided that they weren't making enough money or something and took off, which left us the barbecue food truck. So we had some some pulled pork loaded fries, which were which were really pretty good. The vendor area had the sort of things you'd imagine would be at a Bigfoot conference vendor area, small statues and figurines and action figures of various cryptids cheaply made t-shirts actually the t-shirts were not as good as the t-shirts we saw on many of the attendees you could also buy bigfoot footprint casts which i suppose if you want that sort of thing to decorate your home that would be pretty cool so one of the things that was at the vendor area was a table and there wasn't anybody manning this table or or you know working the table but there were photocopies of old ads for various UFO books and, and things like that, which seem to be uh, from the Timothy Green Beckley um, companies going back decades. And one of them that I snapped a quick picture of to, uh, to, to have fun with involved a contactee quiz. <laughs> Okay, so one of the things we found here at the Bigfoot Conference in the um, the vendor area 
like photocopies of old UFO ads. I think from from Tim Beckley's stuff from the the UFO news service address. This is a take this test to find out if you're a potential contactee. <laughs> so, Sam, have you ever had strange dreams about space beings without being influenced by science fiction films or books? Yes. Okay. As a child, did you ever see a ghostly figure in your home? No. Is there a history of psychic ability in your family? Not that I'm aware of. (laughs) Have you ever heard a voice in your head that you were certain was not your subconscious speaking? No, no, I'm very chatty even in my own head, so I think it's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen mysterious lights in the sky which were not explainable in ordinary terms? No, I don't think so. Have your electrical appliances ever malfunctioned but started up again without being repaired? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Do you possess technical skills you were never trained at? Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Do you find it easy to make friends and business associates do what you want, even though it may not be according to their way of thinking? Hmm. Aren't those just womanly wiles? I don't know. (laughs) I I don't... I... I, No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Have you ever experienced a spiritual miracle, even though you might not have been religious prior to such an experience? Are you sensitive to light and thrive on little sleep? Definitely not. Do you have a lower than normal body temperature? No. Are you capable of healing others? I wish. (laughs) No. Okay. Um, So that was, let's see. I think only two Two, yeses. Two out of 12. It doesn't have like a a Cosmo style, like (laughs) this to this. You're definitely a contactee. I, I would say that you are two questions more likely to be a contactee than I am. Because oh, okay. as I was going through these, I don't think there are any that uh, I am uh, I'm qualified at. So that's, um, yeah. Yeah, listeners, you heard these uh, questions. Are you a contactee? <laughs> if so, you probably already took the are you a space child or a star child quiz that we had in our, <laughs> our hot tub dick boiling episode. So neither of us are contactees. Sad, but... We'll try to cope somehow. <laughs> okay. I think we're going to see Cliff now. I think mm-hmm. Cliff's talk is next, which is good. I, I actually talked to him a little bit, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yes, we were off to see Cliff Barrickman's presentation. Probably the, at least to me, the highest profile person there. I'm sure there are other um, other people who would would disagree and say that Andrew Davis was more uh, was more high profile. But um, I had heard of Cliff before this, and I had not heard of Andrew Davis before this. In fact, Cliff was the only person I had heard of, which gives you an indication that I am a a Bigfoot novice. So here, with recording delayed by a few days for reasons you'll hear about. Um, is mine and Sam's summary of Cliff's talk and our, our thoughts on the conference as a whole. All right, so we're back, we're recording, and we're back in the studio now because we left right after right after Cliff's presentation. Sam, why did we leave right after Cliff's presentation? We wanted food. We wanted food. That was that was pretty much it. We had a good lunch, which yeah. was the sort of pulled pork smothered French fries. But we wanted food, which led to an adventure because we um, I had this place that I thought would be great. And it was in downtown Grand, uh, not Grand Rapids, Ann Arbor. <laughs> and we go to downtown Ann Arbor and there is some sort of horrible pestilential, you know, open, <laughs> open air art festival they've jacked the the parking up you know by a factor of 12 so we ended up going somewhere else um but that's why we didn't stop to record about cliff so cliff cliff was on what was it called finding bigfoot finding bigfoot on animal planet animal planet right um how would you describe his presentation uh it was interesting um, it was very much a, I don't want to call it a sales pitch, but it was a, <laughs> hey, I'm making this Bigfoot museum, the North American Bigfoot Center, some somewhere in Oregon. And um, 
this, these are all the things we've been up to and this is what this entails and there are ways for you to support us, which as, you know, a, a nonprofit person, I can appreciate a good, right. a good support pitch. <laughs> right. And, and it's in boring Oregon, which confused okay. me when I first saw the stickers at his sales table because it's like, oh. boring Oregon. It's like, why are you saying it's boring? That's a, <laughs> that's a dumb thing to say. But no, I guess the town is called boring Oregon because I, I guess they, they bored things there i don't know um it's very weird but um yeah the north american bigfoot center he's not on finding bigfoot anymore he does have a podcast with uh with bobo um which i have not listened to but he said something and i wanted to get your reaction because listeners don't know this well they'll know this now but but they they they'll they'll know it for the future um Sam here is a museum professional. She's she she does museums for a living. And um Cliff said that the North American Bigfoot Center is these are his words, not mine, more than a museum, more than a museum. Sam, as a museum professional, <laughs> what's your response to somebody saying something is more than a museum? Oh, it's so cringy. Um, uh, basically it me like when, whenever I hear somebody say that, and I've heard just a couple of people say that all of them are non museum professionals, by the way, or, or like have somehow come into the museum field. Um, but it just means that they don't know what a good museum is supposed to be. <laughs> um, maybe they've been to a few sort of static, I don't know, house museums or something in their time. And you know, everything that he showed us and all of the events he was talking about, I thought, well, this is what a museum should be doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's, it's this sort of, this sort of idea that a museum is a static collection of objects, mm-hmm. um, with some sort of dusty labels and mm-hmm. nothing else when actual museums are, you know, it's, it's exhibits, it's archives, it's programming, it's, um, conversations conversations relevance to the present day (laughs) it's gift shops it's well i mean there's always gift shops but and i will say gift shop wise cliff had the best merchandise in the vendor area he did yeah i i got two stickers and uh, it was it was it was cool it's quality stuff so if you go to boring oregon and visit the (laughs) the bigfoot center uh check out the gift shop because i do love a good museum gift shop yeah i mean (laughs) It's full of stuff you can get elsewhere, but more expensive, right. um, which is, you know, that's that's part of the thing about going on an outing and doing things is, yeah. is spending $5 on a sticker mm-hmm. you don't need. So <laughs> Cliff's presentation, from my perspective, in addition to the sales pitch, there was also this endless, I, I don't want to say endless, but <laughs> an endless series of here's a map showing where there's a Bigfoot sighting. Here is the picture of the big foot. I was going to say big footprint. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> the big footprint we found. Here's the cast we made of the big footprint, which looks nothing like the footprint, which looks nothing like a foot because the footprint is not a picture of the foot. The footprint is the picture of the damage done by the foot to the ground. And that's dynamite, but I just want to see a big foot foot. So he must have done half a dozen yeah, of that was these? a lot. I enjoyed more of the museum talk, actually. <laughs> well, I that did. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the litany of Bigfoot footprints. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I think my my reason for that. Well, one, oh, oh, what did he say? Like, there's one footprint, and he said, "I've actually got a whole hour long presentation on just this footprint." Yes. And I was thinking, good heavens, why, <laughs> why would you do that? And so, so Cliff is. Is he was a you know a former teacher? He, he's one of the sciency types on the Finding Bigfoot show, uh, and they're all pretty much sciency types. Even Bobo, they're all very much like Bigfoot is a physical creature um, and stuff like that. So, so he's not he he would not have belonged in the woo room with uh, with some of our other friends. <laughs> um, and our least favorite speaker of the day is going to be appearing locally again later in the autumn. So. Uh, might have to be a return match, but, um, he's very much into what Joshua Cutchin called and other people probably call it this, but Cutchin's book is where I first heard it. The flesh and blood hypothesis. 
as, as far as Bigfoot goes, which is sort of analogous to, with UFOs, the extraterrestrial hypothesis. The idea that, oh, those things in the sky that people see, these are alien spaceships with aliens on them who are coming to our planet. And so the Bigfoot, the endless litany of Bigfoot footprints was sort of sort of like the Bigfoot conference equivalent of a UFO conference where you've got an hour of slides of lights in the sky mm. that could be almost anything. It's interesting, but all it tells me is, yeah, there's something here and you think you know what it is, but you're not really proving what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a whole bunch of one kind of evidence um, and not, you know, nothing else. Well, I mean, I guess there's the eyewitness story, which actually, he kind of seemed to discount the eyewitness story in a way, didn't he? Like he yeah. wanted, he wanted the thing that was left behind, whereas as a historian, <laughs> I do enjoy, <laughs> um, I, I think there's something to be said for a person's personal story as well. So. Yeah, Um People who've listened to this show will know that we're pretty much all about individual stories mm -hmm. and and not and not like evidence uh, because evidence doesn't really work on a podcast. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at a picture of a light, but <laughs> yeah, he was very dismissive of the story aspect. He was stories don't matter. He said, "Well, stories without physical evidence don't matter." Well, yes, they do. They're important. They're <laughs> mm -hmm. interesting. Um, they're more interesting than a plaster cast of a footprint. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, one of the things I thought was very interesting about Cliff's presentation and about the conference in general is that there was no time for questions. Given. No, you're right. Um, and, and that was, I was kind of hoping for questions because I wanted to, you know, sort of, you know, ask, you know, what about more supernatural mm -hmm. explanation for these things. How, how do you account for the, the you mm -hmm. know, flashes of green lights or UFO sightings in conjunction with Bigfoot? But there, there were no, mm -mm. um, there were no questions. I think, uh, Andrew Davis was the only one who actually said, I'll, you know, I'll, I can take questions out, you know, at my, my book table or and he encouraged them during the presentation yes. too. He, and he yes, was the he only did. one that really did that also. And he was the only one not really selling anything, very outrageous as far as ideas goes. This was, yeah. this was about his experiences, right? right? Um, so that was, well, I guess the speaker that we did not like asked about questions, but nobody had any. Oh um, yeah. And I, I had left at that point. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you'd, you'd bailed, but thank you. Um, <laughs> by that point. And, um, and nobody had any questions and, and we, we started applauding while she was still yeah. talking to sort of finish the thing up. Yeah. But, um, cause we're, we're a polite crowd, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think overall, the one regret I have is that we did not see, and I, we did not see the guy whose name I can't remember, but he was speaking at the same time as Andrew Davis. Uh, in oh, the Woo Room. yeah. I and don't he was either. the Michigan guy who I think is also a UFO guy. Mm. Um, and I that would have been interesting, and that probably would have sort of closed the loop on the mm -hmm. Bigfoot UFO stuff. Although I, I, I'm not familiar with his work, so he might have said, you know, something like there are UFOs and there are Bigfoot and, and you know, never the twain shall meet and, and they're, <laughs> they're, they're separate spheres or something like that. But on the other hand, he might have been, you know, super cool or, or some, not that the others weren't cool. I mean, Cliff <laughs> seems like a very nice guy. Yeah, and, genuinely and, nice person. Yeah. Like when we stopped at his table and, and you know, everything, he was just kind, seemed yeah. kind. Yeah, has a nice yeah. smile, too. I'll go yes. on record saying he has a nice <laughs> smile. <laughs> There you go, folks. Uh, Cliff, nice smile, uh, which you don't see on the show much. Um, he isn't <laughs> smiling a lot on the show. Uh, I wouldn't be smiling a lot on the show either with um, with those people. But so this was my my first you know foray into cryptozoology, and I've sort of been been cramming on the, the cryptozoological mm -hmm. knowledge for the last uh, last gosh, it's been a couple months since we decided we were going to go to this. But mm -hmm. um, so I've been watching old episodes of Finding Bigfoot. I uh, I read. Uh, Cutchin and Renner's um, new book uh, about um, sort of folklore and uh, and and Bigfoot encounters and cryptid encounters, which honestly was way more interesting than to me to me than a lot of the um, a lot of the stories I heard, or or at least I, I like those sort of connections between 
you know, here's what people experienced with Bigfoot in 2017. Mm-hmm. Here's what somebody wrote about an encounter with a weird forest man back in the 1700s, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, what are the similarities and what might that tell us about, you know, what we're, what we're seeing, which leads me to ask you, Sam, what did you think about the conference overall? Um, I had a good time. It was, so my first paranormal conference, if, if that's what, what we categorize these as. I, I would. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, and you know, it was fun. I, you know, have dabbled in paranormally type things, mostly just by reading things and, um, watching television shows. And so it was fun to actually, you know, hear in person other people speaking. You know, I listen to a ton of paranormal podcasts, <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was cool to see the people, like I said, yeah, in person and um and hear some of their experiences in person, especially I would say um Cliff and um Andrew Davis. They had um really good presentations. Um I wish well, first of all, I wish that they would have had on the schedule like what the speaker was talking about because yes. I think that that would have, you know, I mean, having gone to other professional conferences, that's pretty par for the course. But <laughs> it is it is at paranormal conferences too. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so that would have been really nice. Um, and in helping choose, I think in some cases. Um, but then I, I don't know. I guess maybe just a little bit. I would have enjoyed even maybe shorter presentations and a what, greater diversity, um, perhaps. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I just expected to hear a bit more about different theories or research or whatever in in the topic um, as opposed to just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense, and I, I I have some of the same some of the same critiques, uh, especially some of the mechanical stuff. Like oh yeah, like a a schedule or a, a program that was more than a a three by five sheet of paper just with names and times that was different than what they said yeah. online because that kind of screwed up what we mm-hmm. were going to see, which was kind of uh, kind of irritating. I wanted to see the guy who had a who was had his back broken by a ghost at age 14 and um, was quote nuked by a steel ball in the sky. I (laughs) I think that sounds really interesting. Um, Instead we got, you know, the pirate Calico Jack and shipwrecks of the great lakes and dinosaurs that used to exist, which was and moose that could be mistaken as sea monsters. (laughs) Yes. Moose, moose that might be sea monsters because, I, I that <laughs> whole presentation was bad. I mean it was it was good bad it was it was fun bad <laughs> yeah if, that's if, true if they'd all been like that I, I would have been really irritated but mm-hmm. um no out of the ones we watched that uh that was that was you know the one standout bad one mm-hmm. and the rest were were really were really good I think mm-hmm. that it would have been nice to yeah have a, have a greater have a greater diversity of things um the woo room was not nearly wooey enough for me. I, I think that the woo room had, as far as the things I saw, there were no, um, there, there was, there was no discussion of the fae folk. Was there? There was no discussion of, of, of things like that. And uh, we're recording this a few days after uh, mm-hmm. the conference, and in that time, I have tried to find out what the uh, the Ojibwe people think about Bigfoot. Oh. I've found nothing conclusive, mm. um, but uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So, and I will say too, um, when you were talking about wanting to hear more research on like, you know, more historical, um, Bigfoot encounters, I recently heard an interview with, um, Micah Hanks and he is researching a lot of that stuff too. And so that is also where my mind has been also. And, um, and yeah, I guess I just I wanted more of the like the the legends and the stories and and that kind of thing, I guess maybe. I wonder if it's the sort of thing where they assume everybody knows those stories. And so here's our new, you know, maybe. Bigfoot side. You know, it might be it might be something as as sort of gatekeepery as that. You, <laughs> you kind of get that in the UFO field as well, sort of an mm. assumption that well everybody knows about about mm-hmm. Roswell or the Dexter Hillsdale, Michigan sightings or, mm-hmm. or things like that. But, um, or, or it just might be, 
you know, people want to hear investigators talk about their current investigations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be something, uh, something like that. So in closing, what is your favorite Bigfoot story? Oh gosh. I don't like ever, ever. Yeah. <laughs> of like all in, of them. In, like in all the <laughs> panoply of, of Bigfootdom. Um, well, gosh, I, I'm not prepared. So I don't remember the name of, of the gentleman, but this isn't an old, old story about the guy who gets kidnapped by the Bigfoot. Is it multiple big feet? I don't remember, but anyways, he's sure. kidnapped and, um, they, they try some of his tobacco, like they eat it, <laughs> it makes them <laughs> sick. They like get sick and that's how he's able to run away or something like that. So, um, <laughs> I really, I enjoy that one. And it's like, a, I want to say like early 1800s or something maybe. So it's a, it's a golden oldie that I would hear on like all of the monster quest episodes and, and things like that. <laughs> I think my favorite is the one from the seventies in Pennsylvania where there's a, a Bigfoot and a flying saucer and some people shoot at the Bigfoot and, and people who are no, more up on this stuff will know the name of the people who were involved mm. or ask me which Bigfoot shotgun flying saucer encounter are you talking <laughs> about? Because there are six distinct ones in the seventies or something like that. But um, yeah, Bigfoot, interesting, uh, interesting thing. Um, cryptids, interesting. I assume they're all aliens. I was going to ask the speakers, but we weren't allowed <laughs> to ask questions. Um, so that's uh that's not great, but uh, but thank you, uh, thank you, Sam, for coming to the Bigfoot conference yeah. with me, and um, we will uh, we will return. Thanks for listening, and thank you to Samantha and to the Saucer Wife for being part of this episode. Music and special sounds were by the Chizo Media Radiophonic Workshop. Our associate producer is Simpson J. Hanover III. The Saucer Life is a production of Chizo Media, LLC. Chizo Media, our heart is with the people. Till next time, keep watching the forest or something because Bigfoot. <laughs>